This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the active practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance claims expert witness, and the author of books and the producer of these videos. Today, I would like to talk about the unintended consequences of the tort of bad faith and how and why there exists bad faith setups. Bad faith insurance claims are successful when a plaintiff can prove that the insurance company wrongfully denied an insurance claim and deprived the insured of the benefits of the contract of insurance without good cause. Bad faith insurance suits can arise in the context of any insurance policy. California created the tort of bad faith by court fiat. Florida, on the other hand, like many states, created a tort by legislation, providing liability for insurers who act in bad faith in denying insurance claims. Since most states allow suit for the tort of bad faith, it often seems that every claim that is rejected, whether correctly or wrongfully, results in a suit alleging breach of contract and the tort of bad faith. In light of the substantial damage awards attendant to bad faith claims, plaintiffs' attorneys have great incentive to try to maneuver insurance companies into committing acts that may constitute evidence of bad faith. They may, and fairly often do, attempt such setups by creating a situation where the insurer refuses to settle a tort claim within policy limits within a limited period of time. These setups are usually rare, and most lawyers are honorable and will not use them, but they still exist with some regularity, and it is important that the insurance industry and its employees understand the fact of setups. The plaintiff's purpose, of course, when setting up the tort of bad faith is to recover substantial extra-contractual damages, including attorney's fees, where permitted. In short, since a bad faith verdict can be vastly more lucrative than simply collecting on a within-policy-limits claim, the temptation for a lawyer to take advantage of a young or inexperienced or inadequate insurance adjuster overcomes any sense of morality or the need to obtain a settlement that is in the best interest of the lawyer's clients. With bad faith claims viewed as the gateway to recovering attorney fees and damages well in excess of policy limits, Insurers and policyholders' counsel need to be well-versed in addressing scenarios in which an insurer's allegedly flawed investigation, settlement practices, and or non-compliance with statutory claims handling requirements open the door to extra-contractual disputes. 
While bad faith claims start with establishing some form of unreasonable conduct by the insurer, something more than negligence, a mistake, or poor judgment is required to present a meritorious bad faith claim. This holds true whether the bad faith claim rests on the insurer's alleged breach of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing, its fiduciary or quasi-fiduciary obligations owed to its insured, or its violation of unfair insurance practices or claims handling situations and statutes. Some fact situations that can easily result in a bad faith suit include 1. Low policy limit and high exposure claims. 2. Lost opportunities to settle within limits. 3. Failure to apprise the insured of material litigation or settlement developments. 4. Flawed investigation unduly focused on developing grounds to deny a claim. 5. Competing claims for policy limits. 6. Mishandled control of defense, including disregard of conflicting interests and or the insured's entitlement to independent counsel. 7. Failing to timely apprise the insured of coverage limitations. 8. Overlooked traps in demand letters or insufficient attention to efforts to establish a bad faith claim in problematic jurisdictions. 9. Material violation of statutory claims handling requirements and or 10. Problematic claims file entries. As a result, the bad faith setup became common. The bad faith setup is not a new tactic. In 1985, Justice Kaus of the California Supreme Court observed, quote, It seems to me that the attorneys who handle policy claims against insurance companies are no longer interested in collecting on those claims, but spend their wits and energies trying to maneuver the insurers into committing acts which the insured can later trot out as bad faith. Close quote. Case called White versus Western Title Insurance Company in 1985, California Supreme Court case. Further, in J.B. Aguirre, Inc. versus American Guarantee and Liability in 1997, California Court of Appeal case. The Court of Appeal affirmed a judgment of dismissal on demur, holding a liability insurer did not act unreasonably as a matter of law in refusing to meet the plaintiff's $2 million settlement demand despite the alleged risk of exposing the insured to uncovered punitive damages liability. The insured's alleged fear of punitive exposure coerced him to contribute to a settlement out of duress. Justice Neal, in the decision, observed, quote, What we have here at bottom is an effort by the insured to concoct a bad faith claim out of whole cloth with the uh, ingenious assistance of counsel. 
the insured is tempted to position itself to pursue a high-stakes, bad-faith case seeking punitive damages from which it hopes to emerge not only with the underlying claim disposed of at no cost to the insured, but a profit as well in the form of damages recovered from the insurer. Bad faith litigation is not a game where insureds are free to manufacture claims for recovery. Every judgment against an insurer potentially increases the amount that other citizens must pay for their insurance premiums. Close quote. Bad faith setups most frequently originate in the third-party context. When an insurer is defending an insured against a tort claim and there are insufficient limits available to compensate the injured party. In this context, the setup involves attempts to cause an insurance company to reject a policy limit settlement offer. Third-party claimants and their counsel have come up with various ways in which to present their offers to reduce the chance that the insurer will actually accept the offer within the stated time period. The plaintiff's goal, of course, is to obtain a sizable excess verdict. If successful, the next step in the strategy is for claimant's counsel to enter into an agreement with the insured, whereby the claimant gives a covenant not to execute on the judgment in exchange for an assignment of the claim based on bad faith failure to settle. The most common form of a bad faith setup is to make a settlement demand, typically policy limits, with an unreasonable time limit to accept the offer. A claimant may make a settlement demand with an unrealistic time limitation before the insurance company has full access to the information bearing on liability and damages. The insurance company often declines to meet the demand explaining that it needs further information. This position is then portrayed as a failure to settle and will then be used against the insurance company as evidence of unreasonable conduct in the settlement of the case. As one firm put it, quote, a bad faith case is a plaintiff's attorney's dream. Every insurance cliche, big business prejudice, an underdog sentiment can and should be used irrespective of the merits of the defense. Insurers are target defendants, close quote. These developments have resulted in the bad faith landscape in some jurisdictions appearing geared more closely to providing policyholder counsel with a lucrative recovery than safeguarding the appropriate balance of interest between the insurer, the insured, and the third-party claimant. With bad faith claims viewed as the gateway to recovering attorney's fees and damages well in excess of policy limits, insurers and policyholders' counsel need to be well-versed in addressing scenarios in which an insurer's allegedly flawed investigation flawed settlement practices and or non-compliance with statutory claims handling requirements 
open the door to extra-contractual disputes. When courts and juries see through this conduct as a setup, as an orchestrated plan by the claimant or his or her counsel, they are more hesitant to find the insurance company liable for bad faith. Unfortunately, more often than not, neither the court nor the jury sees through the conduct as a setup and allow prejudice against insurers to carry the day and a punishment verdict is issued. As long as bad faith setup attempts succeed, they will continue to be used. Bad faith claims have been manufactured. As noted in Burgess versus Infinity Insurance Company, a 2004 Florida Supreme Court decision, where the court noted that it should recognize that it has the responsibility to reserve bad faith damages, which are li limitless, court-created insurance to egregious circumstances of delay and bad faith acts. The court likewise has a responsibility to not allow contrived bad faith claims that are the product of sophisticated legal strategies and not the product of bad faith. In Kemp versus Hudgens, a 2015 Kansas District Court case, the district court concluded that the uncontroverted evidence established that Kemp rejected each policy limit settlement proposal after the lawsuit was filed because he did not believe the policy limits sufficiently covered his claim. The fee agreement with plaintiff's counsel provided that Copeland would only be paid if he recovered more than the policy limits on behalf of Kemp and Kemp's multi-million dollar stipulated judgment offer made clear that Kemp was not interested in settling the claim for the policy limit. While Kemp's circumstances changed in terms of his litigation expenses after January of 2010, he would not have incurred attorney's fees had he accepted Dairyland, the insurer's March or July policy limit offers. Kemp never offered a policy limit settlement after January of 2010, and Dairyland repeatedly offered to settle for its policy limits. Kemp's settlement proposals established that even if Dairyland accepted his offers, an excess judgment would have been entered in this case, and Kemp would have pursued a bad faith claim against Dairyland to recover that amount. Bad faith cases that are manufactured to avoid a settlement expand the concept of bad faith beyond what the case law and statutes require for good faith. Ultimately, bad faith claims have become so common that the stringent standard actually needed to prove the tort of bad faith appears to have been ignored and bad faith claims allowed based on mere technical failures in reaching a settlement. Mistakes, negligence, miscues do not meet the standard required for a bad faith claim. Rather, the insurer must have wrongfully refused to settle the claim 
when it should have done so if it had been acting fairly and honestly toward its insured and the claimant. Submitting settlement payment a few days after an arbitrary deadline and disagreeing over the specific release language contained in the settlement proposal may be negligent, but that does not satisfy the high standard of de deliberately wrongful conduct that should be required to support a bad faith action. As a result of the absence of any clearly defined statutory guidelines for determining bad faith, the toxic tactics being used to set up bad faith claims are actually distorting the meaning of bad faith statutes and case law and are slowly whittling away its purpose altogether. This video was adapted from my book, Insurance and the Law of Unintended Consequences, which is available as a paperback or a Kindle book from Amazon.com or from my website, Zalma.com, by clicking on the link to the Insurance Claims Library. If you found this video to be interesting or of use to you, please refer it to some of your colleagues and subscribe to my blog so that you can view future blog posts and future videos. Thank you for your attention.